The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Miller Lite, and Hulu. We have a portion of the Bears' schedule for 2019. Makes it more real, right? Today, the preseason schedule release. We'll tell you about that and much more as the Bears gear up for the NFL draft on a shortened edition of Bears All Access. Jeff Joniak along with my broadcast partner from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM, Tom Thayer and Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio, the Bears quarterback of the past. Joining the program coming up at about 6.08 will be New running back, Mike Davis. Lots to discuss before we turn it over to Bulls basketball fellas. Good evening. How are we doing? Big Jeff, You like you mentioned, the preseason schedule is out, and it gives you a lot of direction now. It starts giving a, thinking about scheming throughout the preseason. You, you think about how it fits according to your plan of attack as a player. How do you fit in the roster, playing time, designation of areas of where you're going to play these teams, the travel arrangements, and are you going to practice against somebody during the preseason is still the unknown, and it's, you know, it's worked for the Bears in the past. Yeah, think about last year. We were talking about six games, right? <laughs> because of uh, the induction of Brian Urlacher. It's probably, you know, I think Coach Nagy talked about it being a, a good thing uh, to play that, that extra game and, and for for the Bears to have that opportunity. And, and I think now being cut down to uh, just four games this year, they'll be much more prepared. They know how um, the schedule's kind of laid out and what the coach is, is expecting. So have to make the most of it just with with less opportunities on the field for this football team. Well, if you're a young player on this football team, you know you're going to play a lot of snaps in the preseason. I don't know what the plan will be for starters this year, but you know you're going to get snaps. You know you're going to get a lot of reps in those games. It starts with a home game against Carolina, then a trip to New York to meet the Giants, and then a trip to Indy to meet the Colts, home to Tennessee to wrap it up at first blush. You know, it's considered by fans and and whatnot just preseason, but it's much more than that because even though the Bears won 12 games, went to the playoffs, and had such a great run in a first-year under Matt Nagy, there is still much growth and much to accomplish for this football team. So no practice, no snap will be taken lightly. Right. You know, but Jeff, I, I think we learned to uh, understand, or not understand, but respect the way Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace went uh, along with the game plan in the preseason. Because the guys that were backing up and trying to learn the system and understand they had a chance to play with an experienced quarterback in, in Chase Daniel, uh, Tyler Bray had experience in the system. He had a good understanding how to develop their talents and traits. And I think it gave Matt Nagy an opportunity to be a little bit more aggressive at each practice with the first unit guys. And yeah, so he practices them aggressively for four days in a row and then allows the developing understudies or the competition and go out there and have a, a camera in reality in front of them to go and showcase their talent. Yeah, you know, I think typical, you know, preseason, they're not going to show a lot. I think it's a fact-finding mission, like you said, whether it's uh, young guys that will be added to the team uh, through free agency or, or the draft where you're getting to know them. Chuck Pagano is probably going to uh, get to know the, the defensive players, what they can and cannot do, what he's going to ask them to do, put them in un- uncomfortable spots. And that's what I think it is for a lot of teams. It's more of a, a fact-finding mission, I, I think, how it is. I think they know the nucleus of the team is, is, is pretty good, and they know what those players can do. We'll see what the young players can do in terms of 
growth, and I think a, a lot of that will be displayed in, in the practices, not necessarily in a, in play in a preseason game. We also got to know what the definition of uh, being calloused is for a preseason. It didn't necessarily mean uh, uh, you know getting bull in the ring and you start cracking each other left and right throughout practice. There was a physicality to it. There was a lot of time on the field, but that was also a mental component in preseason. Right, I, and you know some of that is um, you, you know left up to the players that are here for the very first time. I think when you're in the players that have been around this system, you're going to see a faster, more aggressive, more physical camp earlier because they're not thinking out of their stance. They're coming out with you know destruction depending upon what side of the ball they play on where and what position with a better understanding you're probably going to get better battles again on the offensive and defensive line because of Ted and and, and Akeem Hicks and it's you know I'm not overstating it. it's going to happen but you're going to see a, a faster starting offense this year to training camp than you saw last year uh, throughout training camp and, and I think you see coaches more vocal they want more time with the players and maybe that's, you know, we'll start today with negotiations on a new CBA right. with the NFL and NFLPA because even out at the owners' meetings, Jeff and Tom, Bill Belichick talked about it. John Harbaugh has harped on it repeatedly. John Gruden, Chucky, he's, he wants more time with the players. And that typically for young players, we're going to get your most growth because, again, with the CBA, you just you don't have enough time and there's less reps for these young players. Players or coaches want more time with these players to get them ready. Our producers are Eli Herskovich. And Herb Lawrence, this is Bears All Access. Coming up next, Mike Davis, the newest Bear running back, will join the program. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Welcome back to Bears All Access. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller. Now joined by the newest Bear running back, Mike Davis, the South Carolina product, Stone Mountain, Georgia, to uh, the University of South Carolina, the Niners, the Seahawks, and now the Bears. So from the NFC West to the NFC North, we welcome you, big fella. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. Excited uh, because this is a, another coach in your string of Steve Spurrier and Pete Carroll, high-energy coach, young coach with a lot of uh, offensive vision. Are you excited to join this kind of, type of coaching staff in this offense? Yeah, man, I can't wait to come in and make some plays. Hey, Mike, when you were playing uh, as a young man and you got introduced to Steve Spurrier, did he change you at all from the what type of running back you thought you were going to be when you entered college? Um, I wouldn't say he changed, uh, but... Most, I mean, kind of. I would say it was most definitely our opener coming in from high school to college. Um, a lot of like big star athletes think they come in and just play right away. But in that case, I had Marcus Lattimore in front of me, and uh, it was just a more of a yeah. You gonna have to wait to uh, you had to wait your turn. And Mike, Jim Miller here. One, welcome to Chicago, and congratulations with with signing with the Bears. And just kind of want to talk about your journey. You know, bouncing between San Fran and, and Seattle. And last year, when you got your opportunities, I mean. Your your yards per carry extremely uh, impressive, but really all the build up to that time where you got your opportunity and I think showed flashes of why the Bears and teams like Seattle were interested and in, in why Seattle brought you back into the mix uh, from their standpoint prior to the Bears. Yeah, it was. I wanted to make sure that I uh, made the most of my opportunity. Um, Seattle had them draft their running back in the first round, and I knew they wanted him to play a lot more and. Uh, I just knew they wanted to try to like ease me basically out of the door, but I wanted to make sure 
that they know that you won't be easily just pushing me out of the door. We have Mike Davis on the line with us, uh, Bears running back and free agent acquisition as the Bears get ready to unveil the 2019 season. The schedule will come out sometime here in the next week or so. And, uh, Mike, you know, a season high in carries last year, career high in carries last year, a couple 200-yard carry seasons in college at a time and place in the NFL when uh, the committee approach is prevalent. There was only Ezekiel Elliott last year that they carried the ball more than 20 times, or actually 20.3 attempts per game. Everybody else in that 18 to 15 range, there was a lead back. But uh, is it something that you've become used to, I guess, to to share the load a little bit? Um, yes, yeah, I mean, you get you get used to obviously, and um, it's, it's just more of a when an opportunity comes, um, you just be ready for it. Um, I'm quite sure anybody can take. Well, I won't say anybody, but the guys who are up there, as far as like Le'Veon and Todd Gurley and all those guys, they are willing to take you know 20 carries a game. Like I'm, it doesn't phase them. Um, it's just more about when that time comes, you just basically make the most of it. You know, Mike, you got to look outside the running back position when you're looking for a new team as a free agent. When you look at the two quarterbacks you're going to play with, Russell Wilson, now Mitchell Trubisky, do you see any similarities in the growth possibility of Mitchell Trubisky's game or even the traits and the style they play with? Um, yeah, I would say, you know, Mitch can, Mitch can run. I actually think Mitch is probably faster than Russ. Um, I always call Russ slow when I was in Seattle anyway. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of funny. But um, I can most definitely say he's, he's most definitely accurate. Um, I trained with him out in uh, Huntington Beach uh, a couple weeks ago. So, um, and I'm, I'm excited to be in. Um, from your standpoint, whether the couple of years in San Francisco or the last couple in Seattle, like since you came out of college, what do you think you've improved at uh, the most, Mike, and, and where your game is at? Um, I think I improved on everything. Uh, man, one thing was was big was really uh, conditioning, uh, my diet. Um, I actually changed a lot once once I got cut, and um, I, just, I was just out to basically prove people wrong. And I just always had that revenge and a chip on my shoulder and my head. It's something I never forgot. Mike so Davis, something I just wanted to remind people. Sorry about that, Mike. Mike Davis, our guest, our Bears running back here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Uh, one of the things I enjoy about you when you hit the edge is that stiff arm. H- how important is that? Because not every back uses it, and not every back is maybe strong enough to have it actually make an impact when you're trying to escape a tackle. Um, I'm I'm willing to actually do anything when it comes to breaking a tackle. Um, stiff arm, run you over, run around you. I'm I'm legit, <laughs> I'm legit <laughs> trying to do it all. But um, stiff arm is just something that I mean you got to have as a running back. You know, Mike, you come from a pretty explosive offense out there in Seattle, and Coach Nagy is really receptive for players to bring plays to him that they think they can flourish with. So in the back of your mind, either growing up or growing through the offense you just came from, is there a play after you become familiar with the Bears, your new offense, that, hey, Coach, this is what I feel confident in, this is the type of routes or passes that I feel that I can flourish with. Is there anything that you would like to bring up in those types of uh, meetings? Uh no, I'm not really that type of guy. Um, <laughs> um, I, I've watched film and um, watched the big plays and watched game film and everything after that. And uh, I'm whatever they throw in, I'll be able to do. So, I'm um, I'm all for whatever Coach Nagy puts in. Other than bringing something to him, I'm not that kind of player. 
Well, you may come up with some nicknames. They got Willy Wonka, Santa Slay, the Fridge Play to Akeem Hicks. So you may want to rethink that, Mike, because you better raise your hand in the meeting if you if you want the football a little bit more. It seems like Nagy's had some fun with some of the play calls. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm most definitely see the fun and everything. But like coming up with a play, I don't, I don't know if I'll actually be the one can, for that. Can you can but. you spin it, Mike? Have you ever thrown it like a toss four thirty eight pass? We'll we'll come up with a nickname for that. You can spin the football, can't you? Oh, I can throw it a little bit. Um, you know, if that time comes, you know, I almost definitely sling it now. <laughs> Mike Davis, the South Carolina product, our guest here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio. 670 the score. Jeff, Tom, and Jim with you as well. A few more moments here with Mike Davis. Obviously, you're out there in Huntington Beach with Mitch and some of the receivers, and I don't know who else who came out there, but the value of that you probably can't even put into words because you're new to the equation. This offense is only one year old, though, so you're on the ground floor of this opportunity with this offense as a pass receiving back, it's not just the swings and the screens, but Matt Nagy likes to have guys that can actually be very sound route runners and very disciplined route runners. How would you describe your route running ability as a receiver? Um, I would say I'm pretty sound. It was something I was able to to do in Seattle, and um, Coach Nagy knows that. And um, when I'm, I'll be able to line up outside, inside. Doesn't matter where you put me. I'll be able to run every route. Um, anything throws at me. So I'm quite sure that's something that he loved about me coming in. You know, Mike, durability is one of the keys to success in the NFL. So six games in 2017, but 15 in 2018. That's a big jump. How did you feel at the end of that season when you had the 15 opportunities? And did you feel, you know, fresh along the way, even though you, you had a bigger load of a competition to go against that season? Um, yeah, I felt good coming out. Um, as long as you end the season healthy, um, that was one of the things. Um, I didn't have any issues coming into the season or anything. So I think I did a pretty good job as far as health and um, taking care of my body. Appreciate All right, Mike, that's going to uh, wrap us up here tonight. We appreciate you taking a few minutes and joining us. Look forward to meeting you up at Hallis Hall. And the off-season program starting next week, so you'll get to meet all your teammates at a brand-new, beautiful facility. Enjoy your time in Chicago. Good luck. All right, thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. That's Bears running back Mike Davis joining us. When we return, Jim, Tom, and I will take a look at some of the key movement opportunities in this uh, NFL this week and the latest on the meeting between the NFLPA and the NFL's Management Council today. What's it all mean? Jim Miller's opinion on it from a national perspective as well as the NFL Draft all coming up next on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. The 2019 Miller Lite Chicago Bears Draft Party will be held on Saturday, April 27th at Soldier Field, noon to 6, the event featuring on-field activities, locker room tours, player autographs, and, of course, live draft coverage and analysis from Bears football experts like Tom Thayer. Get your tickets today at (laughs) chicagobears.com slash draft party. Going to have a big uh, crew of guys out there, a well-attended draft party in advance of the 100 celebration that's coming up in June. So a lot of good times for Bears football fans. Had... Uh, the occasion, fellas, today to uh, meet some more Bears fans at the Ed Block Courage Award uh, given to Zach Miller today. Once again, he delivered a uh, powerful message accepting the award that's voted on by teammates and uh, peers in the locker room. And you're not going to find a guy 
that has more respect in that room than Zach Miller. Yeah, I really admire Zach Miller. The way that he's been so resilient about his training and the, getting back to um, a normal, uh, as normal as he can possibly get back to walking, to running, to being physical. Uh, his attitude around the locker room shows that even in an injury scenario, the game and the work ethic, effort is still important to him and I think that's an important message to send out there and um, I I think we all have a tremendous amount of respect for Zach Miller and he is really deserving of an award for a guy that knew that they weren't going to step on the field he was really important an important part of the process last year yeah we we say it all the time when you overcome those uh, you know at least the adversity that he's been through multiple surgeries uh, uh, with the injury and what he's gone through And, and again it just it's it's hard a lot. I know ultimately, you know, for for teams, it says a lot about players when they overcome uh, things like this. You know, whether it's say even Thomas Davis, the the former uh, linebacker for the Carolina Panthers, now out there for the Chargers. I mean, three ACLs and obviously the significance uh, of the injury uh, to what Zach has been dealing with and the adversity that he's fought through to to get to this point. It just it says a lot about him as an individual, and he exemplifies everything uh, that that award represents. Yeah, know, so, because. Because it's not just that injury, you know. He had two separated shoulders in high school. You know, he he walks on at Nebraska, uh, flourishes at Nebraska-Omaha, gets drafted, gets injured almost four consecutive years, and and then manages to put together two really good years for the Bears before that injury, October of 17. So the question, fellas, today was, and uh, and the media, the local media, had a chance to visit with him uh, in Des Plaines, uh, can you play again? I don't know yet. Um, And there'll be a time probably soon that, that we'll make that decision. I haven't made that decision yet. Mm-hmm. It's something that we're, we're exhausting every option we can, and I know it's getting close, but I can't hold it hostage forever, yeah. and I don't plan to, but there's some things that I need to try and do physically and, and see if it's possible. Now, the thing he wanted to emphasize, he's not going to drag this out. He doesn't want to hold anybody in the organization or take up a roster spot if it's not something that he can do. Uh, he does still feel pain in that leg and so forth when he's jogging, and jogging certainly is not playing, and so there's still some hurdles to climb, but the guy's working. He's ne- he never wants to say no. Right. I mean, that's the attitude you have to have. You know, to like I said, even to how normal can you get back to, and that's going to help your way of life as, as you go on. He's a young man. He's got so much in his future ahead of him, and – so much of the message that he wants to deliver, the way he goes about the rest of his life, his ability to recover from such a horrific injury because people are so familiar with it. It was shown all around the world. So, you know, Zach Miller is kind of synonymous. He, you know, he is, runs the same parallel as pers- perseverance and hard work. Yeah, no, only he's going to know when it comes to that point. You know, I think players know. Like, you know, when I blew out my hip for the Giants, they just said, hey, that's it. That was finality. You know, he hasn't crossed that that bridge yet. He hasn't. He doesn't have all the facts that he needs to to make that decision. But when that time comes, he'll know that. I think as a, as a player, you know. And I think you know who was it uh, this week? Ryan Shazier, the Steelers. You see, he's doing box jumps right Incredible. now. Incredible. With the Incredible. injury that he's come back, and he does. He would like to come back and play. I don't know if that's realistic or not. But only he is going to know that. 
uh, at that point in time. I really believe that. You know, uh, you know, just in a, last night I was at this event in the Springfield Sports Hall of Fame down in Springfield, Illinois, and I and I I, I can't remember his name. I was trying to look it up. Rufus was his first name. He was a great basketball player from the area, and throughout his career he got hurt early, and then he had to go into coaching. And it was listening to a story. If he was a successful player, he would have been concerned about himself. But after he had this injury and he took a different direction, he started coaching. He touched thousands of men and women in coaching in his volunteer work. The story in his in his case was inspirational because he did more after the injury than he did maybe if he would have stayed healthy throughout his career. Well, the same thing for Zach Miller because uh, he has admitted many times, and he's he's talked about it today, just the amount of mail he's getting from other young athletes or others who have suffered a similar injury, because any one of us, you get in a car accident, you get in a skiing accident, the same type of injury could happen. It's just a rare moment, but it could happen, and others have been inspired by the battle he talked about. It. Countless messages day in and day out of people who are rehabbing or going through something that say, hey, I was able to get through a day by seeing your story. And, and that's cool for me to just impact somebody indirectly, but... It's something that, that, that really makes you feel good. And it's worldwide, he said. There's a lot of people from foreign countries that have seen his videos, seen his stories. And, you know, that's the part of this. Uh, there's a reason for everything, right? And and maybe in this case, and, and whatever it does to fuel whatever he's going to wind up doing, whether it be in football or out of it, you know, he can take that with You know, him. Jeff, when that injury happened, initially they thought it could possibly be unrecoverable. Yep. So when he goes through the stages and he goes through, because we get to see it. He goes from the apparatuses on his legs to crutches to then to a cane and a walker. And then you see a slight limp. Then you see a more organized walk throughout the process of Zach Miller. There, He's inspiring other people and athletes that have these injuries that once thought, a worst case scenario could possibly happen to them. Yeah, now, I just think, and I just because I understand from from his standpoint. But like you said, Jeff, he's overcome so many things mm-hmm. that his mental makeup is: I'm going to attack this a hundred percent, and only he will know when it gets to that point. To that point where he just says, "All right, this is one fight that that maybe I'm not going to be able to uh, to reach the end." But only he is going to know that. But he is prepared mentally to do that because he's already overcome so many things and that's how a lot of players are, are wired but i think ultimately you know he'll do what's, what's best for himself and what's best for his, his career and and we'll see if this fight he's able to complete as well well he's uh, a likable guy and he'll have uh, even if it's not on the playing field there, there could be a role for him in this organization in, in some capacity he did a lot last year he mentioned matt nagy uh, a lot today having a major impact on accepting him and having him experienced the season, even though he couldn't play, and experienced what a great season. It, it was just, you know, it's one of the most inspirational stories I've ever covered. I was in his home and did a story for Bears uh, game night, or game day live last fall and or during the season. And, um, you well, know, obviously was, he represents something. Yeah. His teammates voted him in. He represents something, what, what he stands for and what Bears stands for. And that's why they, they honored him and bestowed that, that prestigious award 
on him for everything he represents, and every one of those players and everyone in that organization understands hey, it. I know I understand it. You know, even even from here in in Michigan, what he represents. Jim, you know, I I think what you you know one thing that you'd understand better than Jeff and I is we've always talked a lot and heard a lot about how supportive he is to Mitchell Trubisky on the sidelines during the game. How important it is for a quarterback to have a sounding board outside the quarterback position? Yeah, I just, you know, there's so many things. Here, Mitchell at that point is such a young quarterback and probably has a million things going through his mind new offenses, new coaching staff, teammates. And here, you know, here, uh, Zach Miller just trying to be a good teammate. Hey, how, how, what can I do to help my teammate out? to make him better. Zach understood it as a former quarterback, everything that that young man was going through uh, as he played at North Carolina, and he was the one reached out there and gave him that helping hand. I think Zach comes with uh, great knowledge of what helped Mitchell out with. And as a former quarterback himself, so good sounding board as well for Mitch Trubisky. That's Jim Miller, Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, and this is Bears All Access. One segment to go before we hand it off to Bulls basketball, the regular season home finale at United Center tonight against the New York Knicks. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Hey, the Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams and Lauren Screeden cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night, 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago, or watch anytime at chicagobears.com or on the Bears official app. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller are guests here on Bears All Access for another 10 minutes or so. Six minutes or so, I should say. Tom, what do you, what do you got? I don't, I don't have Twitter, but they were showing me pictures of Double A dancing in front of Shaq. <laughs> did, did you see that? I, I, I caught a glimpse. Oh, my God. You know, first of all, he moves his feet as well now as any time throughout his entire career. Even, you know, being out of football for a couple of years, he's, he is... Um, he's fearless. Oh, my gosh. I tell you, he's sitting there going eyeball to eyeball. With Shaq doing some pretty aggressive dance steps in front of him, and Shaq couldn't hold a straight face for it. Double A is uh, the personification of entertainment. Yes. And he has I, no fear. I think Shaq fear. was scared, and he, he knew he couldn't keep up. <laughs> no, there's no way Shaq can move yeah. his feet like Double I think Double A can still play the way he dances out there. Absolutely. All right, let's talk uh, something that's uncomfortable usually for sports fans. They get tired of hearing it, but it is a fact of life in all the sports. The collective bargaining agreement, uh, Big Jim, it, it runs out after 2020, uh, the 10-year deal that was was hammered out after the lockout and so forth. But today, what appears to be the first of uh, at least what we know, the league and union meeting, and they're going to meet regularly in the coming months to try to, to intersect this uh, and maybe – prevent anything like this is this is considered a good thing and what do you what do you know about it from a, a national perspective yeah i think it, it is a good thing and i think you know everybody knows what's motivated by it. it's the tv contracts right because sean mcmanus i remember um, uh, pat and i talked to him uh, right uh, leading up to the to the super bowl about cbs and and the deals that they want in place and you know from the nfl pa side and the nfl side they know where the gravy train is it's with the tv contracts and they, you know, understand that they don't want uh, a work stoppage because that's going to affect those TV deals, not only from a player's side, but from the NFL's and owner's side of, uh, of things. So I think the TV contracts are motivating it. That's why they, they've reached out uh, to one another. Uh, who was it at the NFL owners' meetings? Uh, John Clayton. I talked to John Clayton, and he expected uh, – because everybody, ex- you know, thought that there's a lot of animosity between the NFL NFLPA and the NFL, and there has been – over certain issues, but John Clayton uh, thought that this is, is this is something that's going to motivate this deal to get done. 
uh, in terms of the the next CBA. And I would think the the broadcasting networks that are out there are going to be a big part of it because they want what? Labor peace, right? So keep that gravy train going and why they probably will ultimately be able to work out those uh, uh, network contracts because they'll, they'll know that a labor peace deal is in place with the new CBA. You know, I'm, I'm all for starting the the negotiations, the conversations about it, but I don't want the two sides to get together, have some meetings, and then come away and throw out some really destructive language out there because it's so easily passed around nowadays by everybody on both sides. If they can come out of there, and it's not going to be an easy agreement, and depending upon the terms, the terminology, all that. So, you know, just try to be two sides that are working together to get this done because you just don't want attitudes to start interfering with the early negotiation abilities. Well, you experienced it yourself. You know, I could still recall there, there's a, there's there's audio of you, Tom, coming on WBBM. Uh, you know, during that period of time, you were just salty. You were salty. Well, about we didn't have thing. you know we didn't have the ability to communicate the message correctly that they can today. You know, you'd have a small portion of the players come to a hotel at in Chicago, get together get the message of an interrupted meeting out there and then go to their teams and then lose part, you know, it's lost in the translation transition. So it's just, um, you know, I, I just think I'm all for getting this thing done early and trying to get, you know, get everything etched for years to come. See, we're all at different times because all the things that Tom fought fought for and players fought for benefited <laughs> me. I was under the, fir- the first collective bargaining agreement in 1994 when I was drafted. That's when it first was initialized. And, and granted, the deals have been better since then, and hopefully they continue to fight for – uh, for benefits and things like that for former players like Tom, myself, because things are different now, as Tom mentioned. I don't think that's ever a good strategy for DeMore Smith and the NFLPA uh, Players Association because I, I was a part of it and I'm critical of them. I don't think it's an, a good negotiating ca- uh, tactic to come out and say, oh, it's going to be a war. Yep, Why? I agree. You're partners with one another. You are partners regardless of whether you like it or not with the National Football League. So hammer out what you need to do. And that was kind of the brilliance of Gene Upshaw. Gene Upshaw and uh, uh, the former commissioner, they could get in a room and they could just hash out hash out a, a lot of things and get things done. And it wasn't in public eye, but yet a lot got done for the benefit of players and the benefit of the NFL. Join us for Bears 100, the celebration weekend in Rosemont, June 7th through the 9th. Enjoy player autographs, photo ops, Football panels and activities for all ages. Get tickets today at ChicagoBears.com. It's going to be a heck of an event. Heck, just the uh, Mike Singletary, Brian Erlacher, uh, Dick Butkus seminar should draw a lot of attention in and of itself. So it's going to be a fun time. Make sure you get some tickets to that and enjoy the festivities kicking off what's going to be an interesting 2019 campaign for the Bears. So many topics to get into. We'll pick it up at our next show, fellas. Thanks so much, as always, for Tom Thayer. Jim Miller, our special guest, Mike Davis, the Bears free agent running back. I'm Jeff Joniak. Bulls basketball coming up next. The New York Knicks in town at United Center for this regular season finale at home. And Steve Cash and the gang, Chuck Swirsky, Bill Wennington will have the call. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good night.
Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Athletico Physical Therapy, and Ford. 